With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Oh, it's fun. Crazy. It's painful, but it's wonderful. What is the name? It's Roycey Unchained. All right, Unchained with uh, Patrick Roycey. And Patrick, let's start with uh, some sad news. The passing of a colleague of both of ours at the Star Tribune, Don Banks. Yeah, Donnie Banks, uh, that's a shocker, man. He was in good shape. He was never a heavy guy, never, uh, never, no indications of uh, health problems as far as I knew. And uh, to read that is, I just got a job in Las Vegas. I did not know that. He was going to be their beat writer. I just read his first story for him. First story was in the Las Vegas paper on Sunday, I believe. And... uh, and uh, it, that had to make him happy as heck to be for that job. I will say, uh, Don, when did he start at the Strip? Because I, I heard 96. That's not That can't be correct, right? That can't be correct. I think it had to be a little later than that. You think it? so? I don't, I don't know. I thought, I thought, I remember the Vikings opened in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I had been in Monroe, Louisiana the night before. And I thought Mace was the coach. Maybe it was Wacky's last year. Maybe it was 96. Okay. And uh, anyway, I'd flown in from uh, somewhere. I think I drove to Birmingham and then flew to Atlanta. I drove to Birmingham like at 4 in the morning and flew to Atlanta <laughs> and met Don and Paula Parrish. I checked into the same hotel they were staying in because we were staying overnight. Sure. And then we... Took one rent a car. We were it was one rent a car time, but it was the first game I'd covered with Don, and uh, and that you know that that somebody was doing that we were all doing several stories. You mm-hmm. know, it was the Vikings at Atlanta, and I did a column and a little bit of a sidebar and added a few notes and was done and and looked over and. I said, "How how long we got here?" Because I had like twenty minutes of sleep, and and Don said, "I haven't started my gamer yet." <laughs> <laughs> so this was not, uh, you know, as uh, you know, it's all about us when we're at an event, yeah, right? Especially when we got one rent a car. Yep, yep. So I remember about an hour and a half later, I was, and this is before cell phones. Actually, we might have had them, but they didn't work. You know, there was no, nothing the to do. Brick the old brick yeah, cell phone. Yeah. And uh, the internet was just getting started. I don't even think we surfed the internet then in 96. So uh, dial-up days, right? Anyway, I remember about an hour and 
half into it. I called up Barrero. It was home. And loud enough for Don to hear, I said, hey, Barrero, when you go on a road with this guy, get your own rent-a-car. <laughs> He's slow. <laughs> and it was, certainly was not intended to, uh, you know, because it was it was offered in good uh, good humor. But uh, Don was... You never uh, were the most patient was, when there was one He car. was very thorough. He was very thorough and, uh, and a good reporter and had a hell of a career. He's probably the last guy to leave Minneapolis to go to St. Paul, right? He didn't... Uh, I was thinking of that. There was uh, some stuff he didn't... I don't know what he didn't like about that. Star Tribune, but I, I don't know if it was uh, not a proper level of freedom or, or what it was. But I was trying to think of why he did he not left. like the strip, but I think he left in '99 and spent a couple of years in St. Paul, right before he, he landed at Sports Illustrated. So, he did. So, uh, but loved the NFL. Also, baseball guy. Loved baseball and uh, didn't write about it, but he he loved it and was a you know he's a good dude. He was he was fine. He was, uh, and I'm glad. I was glad to see him. You know, he, he kind of hit the, uh, once the SI uh, had their layoffs and did that, he he, he, uh, he struggled a little bit to find full-time work, and he was doing something for the athletic, I guess. But uh, mm-hmm. this Vegas job would have been perfect for him because he would have been introducing a new audience to pro football. That oh, that'd was be a in great a different, beat. Great beat. That'd be man. a great beat to cover. Yeah, so anyway. Uh, bad, been a bad yeah. year for sports writers, man. Nick Cafardo, uh, 62 years old, 61 years old, yeah. Boston, you know, just walking into the clubhouse at, you know, in spring training and uh, uh, falls dead. And uh, now Donnie and uh, my buddy Fraley, he had, a, you know, colon cancer in a couple of years. And then uh, Marty Noble, who was a little older, more and more in the uh, the wheelhouse for people, you know, in, I think, 70 or 71. But it's been a bad year for sports writers, man. And Donnie Banks is... I guess the shock of well, Nick was it was it. This is as shocking as Nick Cafardo having died too. So yeah, I guess it it happens in uh, you know in civilian life all the time. It's just kind of hitting close to home in the sports writing business right now. Well, fifty six and, and sixty one. If Cafardo yeah. sixty one is way too early. To go yes, there. it is. So uh, anywho, that's uh, Don Banks. Uh, it's very unfortunate. Uh, uh, a couple of older children and uh, wife and uh, where is he living? And he was moving to Vegas because I think he lived in maybe he lived in Baltimore for a long time or something. Yeah, I think he Somehow did. Ended I up think out he there. did. Yeah, and, maybe to. Uh, and then I, I know he wrote for a brief time, at least for the Athletic, like you said, in the Patriots website as well. I oh, think really? He some stuff okay. for them and, and NFL dot com at one point. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah, anyway, sad stuff. Yeah, it is. And uh, he was uh, he was uh, one of the few guys to. To uh, as I said, he started with us and ended up in St. Paul. So the St. Paul was still going good then. Though. Yeah, I and mean, they were still covering it. And, and he did sending, a hell of a job there. Yeah. Sending three, four guys out on the road. Seifert replaced like him. With the I think Seifert right? replaced him. Yeah, Seifert, who's uh, of course you got a chance. Did you? When did you start working with Seifert? Uh, I worked with him for I think two years before he le- uh, left for ESPN. So 2005 with Tyson okay. last year. So so we so or maybe three years. So Seifert had been on the beat for four or five. Yeah, years. Yeah, he'd been there for a while by then. Well, I have described Seifert as the best beat writer I ever worked with. Yeah, he's, I thought he was fantastic, and you know, as a beat writer, he's still fantastic at what he does now. But uh, he was a hell of a reporter, a hell of an idea man, mm-hmm. and properly paranoid yep. about news. <laughs> yes, remember going on those road trips with Seifert and 
he was, you know, affable fellow. And then he'd start writing. And after the game, he didn't want to talk to anybody. He didn't want to go to dinner. He was like fretting if he'd gotten everything in. He was, uh, he was weird. The paranoid uh, gene is underrated. Oh, it is. You got to have that in our business. You got to be a lot of people. If you're willing to shrug it off. Yep. You know, it, 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 for a beat writer that you can't beat paranoia. You know, the, the guys that, uh, you know, can't stand to. Now it's so different now that you, the scoops come on Twitter, and, you know, right. and, and for the most part. But uh, but uh, paranoia is a good thing. If you get to the point where you're just shrugging it off, you're you're in trouble. Speaking right. speaking of that, what is your two cents on Sam Dyson? Well, it's very interesting. I don't know who scouted him, uh, who was out there, but watching Friday night. Now, he broke a bat, and there was a six-hopper up the middle. But I don't know. Sometimes I just look at pitches, and I don't look at the board, and I don't look at that. And for about six weeks, I've been saying, Tyler Duffy has better stuff and more life on his pitches than he's ever had, even when he came up and fooled them for those starts. Mm-hmm. with that, I've been thinking, there's more fastball there there's more bite there's more variety in his pitches i've been saying that even when sometimes the results were not good you know he'd hang one now he's been on a real roll lately and i watched him friday night and there was no life on his pitches to me the cutter was not uh you know there was no quick bite you talking duffy here duff uh, no dyson dyson Dyson. okay so what i i'm just saying is yeah. You, can, you can tell me what the scoreboard reading was, and you can say, yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. But I'm I'm throwing out Duffy as an example of yeah. me watching a guy pitch and say, there's life on those pitches. He can get guys out. They can rely on him eventually if they hang with him. Now, I've been wrong about a lot of guys, too. But there, to me, there was no life on his pitches. The fastball was not, you know, it was 94, somebody said, but it was... It wasn't a heavy ninety four. It was. It was just sitting there, and that cutter was just sitting there. To me, it didn't have any. Uh, you know, like Hughes, the year he was great. It just right at the end, little, you know, that little two three inch boom. Yep. There was none of that, and uh, I I didn't see the. I only heard Corey Provis's description of the abomination Thursday mm-hmm. when he blew the lead. But I saw I watched him Friday night and I said Couldn't throw a strike. I didn't say there's anything wrong here. I didn't know there was anything wrong right. with him. I said, but if this is it they made a if this is it, they brought in the wrong guy, right? And uh uh you know and the other thing that frightens me is he had the good year in Texas. And then the next year, you know, he he kind of inherited that job to close a month into the season or so. And he was great. 37 saves or whatever. Next year, he's our guy. We got it taken care of. 10 ERA. Yep. Couldn't get anybody out. Uh, and it was a choke, you know, in that being put in that position. I remember reading Fraley and Evan Grant stuff, and it was a mystery to the Rangers why he was terrible. But he choked. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, now, this time, you know, I don't know, he comes up here, maybe he does have a... The uh, the Twins are uh, outstanding at convenient, more outstanding than they've ever been at convenient disabled list. And it's still the DL, I don't care what you say. They have 
since that 10-day DL, yep. they are uh, very good at refreshing guys. Next year, we're going back to 15, so it'll be interesting. But uh, they they use it, and I, I think they basically went to him and said, is there something wrong? Now they're saying they MRI'd it and found, how do you find tendonitis? I don't think you find tendonitis. So that's, anyway, they've shut, what I'm, I, they've shut him down. They've shut him down, and they hope that he comes back with some more life on his pitches. But how do you? And they just shut down Pineda for the same reason. They just. Well, I think they're worried about him. Pineda, I'm not surprised. No, his, I think this is probably part of their plan. In April, that if he kept pitching regularly, every once in a while they're going to give him. You know, he's a three hundred pound man, and uh, he didn't pitch all last. You know, for a year and a half, and they, they that was probably part of this. Most of this stuff is planned out. They just don't tell us about it. Right. They might have planned to give him two ten day breaks. You know, on opening day for you know they yes. might have. They might have. Uh, I mean, he he decides when he's going to. He and Rick Shelton decide. A month ahead of time, what day somebody's going to be out if they're all healthy? So, anyway, it's uh, yeah. Well, they're, they're lucky that uh, Duffy's throwing well and some other guys, and they got boy, they haven't been using me at all. No, explain the logic to me. Explain the logic to me to have him come in, throw one pitch the other night, and then go back, and then not have him come back out for the eighth inning. It's it's idiotic. And they're doing that all. They let say he's they let hard. Ryan Harper come in and get the last out of yeah. an inning and not have him pitch the next inning. I, I, and I think May's done that a few times before as well. Yeah. But since he since he hit the the Mets that spurt where he blew it against the Mets, yeah, blew it, up against the Mets, he and, got the two hangers that got beat. Yeah, they haven't trusted him since then. No, which is interesting because I did say to him the other night, you know, I said one pitch, uh, one pitch win, and then who who got. Well, Cruz hit one home run and two doubles that night, right? He damn, damn near hit three Friday night. And I said, man, those pitchers had no chance against Cruz. He says, none of us have any chance with this baseball or something like that. I said, they have no chance with this baseball against Cruz. And he says, none of us have any chance with this baseball. So, anyway, I, I still like him, too. I mean, I still think there's more there than we've seen. With May? May, yeah. But they... You know they gotta. You know when he throws the hook, he can't hang it. He's gotta. Right. He's gotta put some. You know, get a little extra reach and get a little Here, more bite in it. But I, the, I don't think the. You know, uh, not having Dyson is planning for a secure future requires sound investment advice. That's why I rely on my guy, Mister Money Talk, Josh Arnold, for guidance in planning and maintaining a long-term financial strategy. This is Ricey, and I've known Josh for many years. I trust Josh and recommend him because he listens and delivers the kind of service that you'll need to feel confident about your financial future. I encourage you to get to know him the same way I did many years ago. Call Josh Arnold at 952 952- 925-5608 and set up your 48-minute no-obligation consultation. Call 952-925-5608. You'll always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice. Call Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold at 952-925-5608. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. The Dyson thing. We're in an era where you, you vet everything. 
Yeah, right. Yeah, you go through every permeation of anything that could happen to a guy, and you trade for a guy, and you clearly get him, and he's hurt. But when you make the trade at two fifty-eight p.m., and you—I know you've been looking at it, right? But you get to a point where this is the only guy we can get. Should we do it? You know, they decided to do it. It's just interesting. Yeah, it is. I was not that excited about him. I wanted Tony Watson, the lefty. Yeah, I wanted another lefty out there, but. you know, it's uh, they didn't give you know they didn't give up anybody who they see as part of their future. So, but it you know it'll be interesting to see if uh, how long this lasts. If it's just a ten day get get your arm fresh again or not. Seems like it might not be. Um, that was a nice win yesterday though because they they proved that they could mug Kansas City. You know they their last. Before yeah, before Sunday, their last four home game, five home games, they'd scored forty nine runs, then went three and two because <laughs> they lost two to the Yankees. But uh, so to go out and win a game three to nothing when they they can't get a hit off that, that Keller kid, so it's, he's been great against Brad Keller. He's been great against them all year. That's that was a nice win for them, and it's good because. Remember when we were all said Cleveland's schedule is getting harder? You know, the Angels aren't great, but they have to play the yeah. Angels now and blah, blah, blah. They're 37 and 12 mm-hmm. since whatever it was. 37 and 12. And now they got Texas at home before they got yeah, there. Yeah, right. And Texas, no great Texas, No, Texas has been getting, you know, the, you can't look at the schedule. You know, you, it's who you're playing when. It's, it's when you're playing them. And they're, you know, angels. The angels came firing out the Tyler Skaggs thing, the whole thing. They were going to come out of the break and go, you know, get rolling, and they've gone completely in the tank. So that's a good time to play the angels. You got three against the Braves now for the Twins. Oof, tough. Then Cleveland for four. This is going to be fun, though. Oh yeah, it's great. It's we'll a, learn a, it's lot a great more week. Yeah, they we, would. Yeah, I'm sure that uh, they would like to be going into that uh, this week with Buxton, but uh, they're also used to that again now, not having him. So this one's going to be the longest of them. Three DL stints since the middle of June, though. I don't know what you do. I mean, you can't say don't catch the ball. You know, no, so. no. But what do you do? So here's my question about Buxton, though. You got to start at some point in time to make decisions long term on this guy. Oh yeah, I love I love him. I love watching him play. It's impossible. But how do you if this keeps up and it certainly doesn't look like it's not going to keep up, Pat? How do you ever sign this guy with full faith to one of your big long term contracts? Yeah, I don't know what you do. I don't know. This is uh, I, you know, he was a hell of a football player. He was a he could have went to who Georgia or someplace. He was recruited as sure. a running back. This isn't all bad. Luck. I hope we've over. We're now past the fact that adding twenty pounds to your body is going to make you be able to handle collisions with Offense. objects that don't move. Mm-hmm. I hope. Well, we're past one of them's that. a concussion, though, right? Yeah. So from charging in, from charging in and diving, and yeah, that was a, that looked innocent, but the neck snapped. And uh, what was the first one? I can't even remember. Concussion was no, the got last hit, one. No, he got hit in the okay. wrist, I believe, yeah. against yeah. Kansas City. And that here. one, he can't. I no, mean, he just he there's just nothing he can do about this, but he can't stay healthy. And it's, uh, I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do with because uh, you, you're not that far away from having to pay him here. Correct. And you're so much better. When he plays, mm-hmm. that uh, it's it's preposterous. But I don't know. I don't. 
I don't think you can give them 150 million. You know, I think you got to say, hey, you know, we'll give you whatever it is. But it, it, it one thing it does is prevents you from going to him this off season and saying, okay, we'll give you five years, 100 million. Will they take it? You know, to, so it prevents you from doing that. You can't go and offer him a long term deal. Can you? I don't know. No, no, I don't think you can. It's uh, because there's nothing. There's nothing in the pattern to show that this is going to stop ever. No, no, and you know, one thing you could cite is Molitor getting hurt a lot earlier, but he became a DH. Yeah, you're not going to make Duck Buxton your well, DH. And Buxton's problem too is is in the track that he's going, his body eventually is going to start to break down here, and once that happens, it's it's over for him. Yeah, well, speed is his, you know, speed is his game, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. What is he, 26? Yeah, I think he's 26. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a quandary for them, too. And it's, um, this is... And both of those guys, you don't know. You know, know if him. he misses a month, well, Snow is, you know, that's a much easier decision. No, I know, but you don't have clarity at all. You know when you'll have clarity on Snow? On February... Can I guess? February 20th next year. Start spring training, yeah. Yeah, to see if he's too, okay, you took off 20 pounds last year. We'd like you to take off 10 more. Mm -hmm. If he shows up 290 again, goodbye. Mm -hmm. I'm not even going to let him start last year. He looked really good this spring. And then, of course, he, you know, had a a 50-inch gash in his teal and didn't bother to tell anybody. But uh, uh, you cannot... You know, when he shows up, it'll be interesting. You know but what? by the way, what did he do against Kansas City? Nothing. I mean, well, yeah, this is going to. He was, he was, he was hot, and oh boy, he's got yeah. it figured out. Yeah, he's, you know, and now he's striking out again on pitches, you know, a foot above the, a foot above the plate on the outside corner. Here's what I'd do this winter, and I'm not joking. I'd put a pi on him. <laughs> I wouldn't tell him. I'd have a P.I. I believe that would probably be a violation of all that is sacred. It probably would be. But you know what? If he's at mom's all the time getting fat again, I'm going to try and trade him. You know what I would there. do? I would give him $100,000 to stay in Fort Myers. And, and check in. You can go home for Christmas. Well, for uh, you can leave on uh, December twenty third and come home on January second. Mm-hmm. Come back on January second. I would, I would. He's he's not a rich young man, despite that three point one five bonus. That's you know that the you know when they were trying to figure out his weight, I said weigh him in on opening day. Weigh him in at the on. June first and weigh him in on August first, and if he makes weight, give him a hundred grand each time. That's the only way to get football. Yeah, that's the only way to. I don't know. I don't know what to do with him. He's. Uh, but this I is, tell you what, the miracle of this team is Nelson Cruz. Yes. He's when you look around. Yep. It, when you look around, I mean Kepler's been fantastic. Eddie's been after that. Great start. He's been okay, but Cruz is your MVP. You know, I mean, this is this is ridiculous how how good he's been.
And by the way, folks, if he has a week where he strikes out a few times and doesn't drive in 12 runs, well, this is it's, it's baseball. He's a slugger. They have their periods. And I can't remember seeing a guy this hot for two weeks, have you, with the three games off in between? No. Not in this club. No. You know what? Some people in golf, Roy McElroy, is fantastic at taking advantage of the new equipment. You know, getting, you know, have absolute right launch and, and everything. This guy, this guy knows how to take care of the new equipment, the bat and the ball, doesn't he? Yes. And he's, he's, these, these home runs he hits are absolute majestic. They make Harmon look like pop-ups, for goodness sakes. And if Sano does not find God from watching Cruz, he'll never do it. No. Like, I, this I, is I, the, I'm so sick of hearing that thing. Oh, he's a good in. Oh, know. he's not a good in. We're in there the other day. Oh, he's not a good in. No, he just... And why should he be? Can I tell you why? Why should he be? When you're... 39 years old, you've hit 30 home runs, you've driven in 75, you have no responsibility for Miguel Sano's problems. That's not why you were signed. You were signed to do absolutely what you have done, which is drive in runs and hit home runs and provide power. And I'm so sick of this dumbass question every time... Rocco's office is open and Cruz comes up, and he's been such a fine influence on Sano. Shut up! It's got nothing to do with him. It's got nothing to do with his influence on Sano. He's here to do absolutely what he has done, and he's done way more. And they have him next year for twelve million, mm-hmm. and they should be ashamed of themselves. Which is a reduction in salary, they, yes, by the way. They should be ashamed of themselves and go say, "We got an extra four for you next year." I'm saying, I'm saying, from watching Cruz, if you don't improve yourself, I'm not saying he should no, do anything. No, Just watch no. him. He's willing Just to watch hit his it. approach. Hey, his approach is hey, fantastic, Miguel. He's been in the league for. Uh, 2006 is when he established himself, and then I think he got suspended whenever the next year. But he's uh, he's willing to hit one to right field. He's willing to get a home run out there, Miguel. Yeah. They're there, Miguel. Go get them. Yeah. Take them. Yeah. But he's back to swinging like a dummy well, again. But that's always going to be the his... The one thing about Sano, though, is he has taken some walks, which indicates to me that he's better pitch recognition. But I but I think the problem is they adjust him which you know Smalley talked about with Miguel all the time. That's great. But then pitchers inevitably are going to adjust to what yeah. you're adjusting to yeah. and he's not a good enough he's not smart enough at the plate to figure that out. No, I think he just loses so. his you know, I think he loses his concentration. You know, I think he just you know, he goes up there for a couple of three days and, you know, rousing and him have a session and it sticks in his head and then, you know, it drifts away from him. Mm-hmm. I don't think retention of thoughts is one of his strengths. No, but Cruz, you're right. He's been fantastic and yes. it's fun to watch. Because mm-hmm. what? the, the best, So the best veteran sluggers this team has brought on, Tommy in 2010. Yes, it was great. It was yeah. great. Chile was only 31 was terrific. in, in yeah. 91, but he would probably qualify. Yes. You know, Tony yeah, and Cruz were older. Or are yeah. Older. yeah, they didn't. Uh, 
you know, back in the day, they, you know, they had, when they came here, they had all the sluggers they needed. They didn't have to go bring in any veterans. Baylor got a big hit in the World Series. Yep. You know who got very upset with the whole leadership, the, 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 the Baylor was brought in for leadership angle when, at the end of August, Major Kelly, that drove him nuts. Really? All we want him to do is get some hits against left-handed pitching. We don't need, you know, we don't need we don't need his mentoring. We don't need his mentoring. You know, but we love that angle. We love that BS crap angle about, you know, leadership. I think we slightly disagree on that, but in that case with that clubhouse in 87, you wouldn't no, have, you didn't no, need it. No. I mean, Baylor fit in because he was a good guy. You right. know, he loved being on a winner. Perfect and Gaetti were yeah. probably not in need of a veteran no. to tell them what to do. No, no, you know. Drink a little less wild turkey after the game. Baylor probably went in there and had one with him. So, and it, yeah, it's, I don't know. I get, get driven crazy by, in baseball, leadership, it's 162 games. You know, that, you know, you can maybe do it in a hockey, in a, in a sport like hockey where effort is such a part of it. Yep. Maybe. But baseball, it's not. It's me against you. Baseball is an individual well, game. Baseball is an individual game because, you know, when you walk up to the plate, when you walk up to the plate, I can't help you. <laughs> it's up sure. to you. It's like it's like amateur wrestling. If that guy over there is better than you, you're screwed. <laughs> but don't you think it also, if you have a clubhouse that's got a couple of guys oh, last who year. can... Because, yeah, because... Last year, last Lance, year Lance, Lance Lynn and Logan Morrison bitched every Addison day. Addison Reed was well, a yeah, pain in the ass. Well, he didn't... He was, he was invisible for... Right, you know, but I don't think he was a great guy, is my point. No, no, I think... Nelson that, Cruz I think these guys... This. Yeah. And so I think that's the leadership. I mm-hmm. think it's knowing what you're doing as opposed to being a raging jerk. Yeah, that's true. They, you know, they do have a, you know, you can see that it's, and they don't have, they don't have to have dancing and smoke yeah. alarms and stuff. They just kind of have some characters. Yeah, I don't think Nelson Cruz gives a damn about the uh, strobe light machine. No, no, or out handing out the game ball or all yeah. that stuff. Joe handing out the game ball or whatever that was. No, no. I think Nelson Cruz is doing absolutely double what you thought you were going to get from him. So, but it's uh, you know it's it, there's I've been pointing this out: Oakland, Tampa, mm-hmm. Cleveland, mm-hmm. Twins. One of them's not going to make it, and it's about twenty five percent for all of them. Although the Twins are now sixty nine and forty two. They're 27 games over 500. Yep. This has been a hell of a team. It's been a hell of a team, and it's amazing that they don't have the division wrapped up by 12 games. But Cleveland has got out of their coma. They've had people go to the game, too, over the well, weekend. Cleveland yeah, they had some like, fans. I think they, they, you know, they're like every other idiot baseball fans in America. They want to see Puig, even though he's a moron. Yeah, but he's fun to watch. Well, they don't yeah. care. First night there, they're behind 4-1. to one. Seventh inning, he steals second base. You know, <laughs> I you got to know Francona spit his, swallowed his tobacco. I still want to know, and I haven't gotten a sufficient answer, how Puig was left in the game by the Reds after he was traded. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard or seen that. Uh, well, you, no, I don't you know. ever remember? They always pull know. you out. And I, I love people saying, well, why was that trade made? 
Because Cincinnati was trading their pain in the ass for Cleveland's pain in the ass. That's why. How about this guy that Cleveland, I mean, Plesak's nephew is now pitching good for them. Yep. And, uh, they don't, you know, they got Kluber and Carrasco. By the way, Smeltzer, look out for the next one. Randy Dobnik, 24 years old. Right-hander. Have you moved on from your guy, Jake Reed? Started in, yeah, give it up. Are you done here. with Jake? No, Dobnik's a starter. You're going to need one, too, because I think, don't you think Mart- Martin Perez is on double-secret probation Wednesday? He should be. His last three games, uh, 15 innings, 13 runs, 7 homers. Yeah. He's been terrible. Well, Friday was awful. Well, he was awful, and he's been awful. And he, he was, he's gone from mediocre to awful. Yeah. You know. So hold on, it's Randy Dobnik? I saw Randy Dobnik. I saw your tweet about him yesterday. D-O-B-N-A-K. Comes okay. out of the United Professional Baseball League, a four-team league in Detroit for guys who didn't get drafted, basically. And they play in one stadium, and they play doubleheaders about four days a week, and then the rest of the time they just work out and stuff. It's a developmental league. Mm-hmm. And my guy, Billy Milos, is... I found out about this because... This spring, Milos is standing there, and he says, you know who this guy is? And I said, no. He says, Jim Essien. He was standing there next to Essien, and Essien was this guy's manager in Detroit in U- for the Utica Unicorns. Really? And, and he was there watching Dobnik pitch. And, and Milos signed a couple of guys from that team. But, uh, of course, Essien, mm-hmm. it was because I immediately hollered, double S. Because Mock used to call him Double S, because he was against the Twins. He was Jimmy Fox, Double X. So he was uh, he was Double S. So uh, anyway, yeah, he's a good story. I did. I just did a blog for him for the Strib. So on him and Smeltzer. Do you know what I discovered? It's in the blog, but I should say this. So I looked up and saw that Smeltzer's out of high school in New Jersey, pitched for Florida Gulf Coast University. In okay. fifteen, okay, one and six with a, or one and four with an ERA over six, something like that. He was terrible, so I had gone to see Florida Gulf Coast that spring, their opening weekend series, and I went on Saturday, the first game on Saturday, and I did not recall anything uh, about it, but I looked it up just in case. Smeltzer was a starting pitcher. Really? Went four innings. So I'd seen Smeltzer. So you scouted him. I scouted you, you I didn't know I was. I think I could write it off. I didn't know I was watching the future of the Twins. You had a better idea about he, Smeltzer than they did. He went four innings that day and uh, didn't do much. But, yeah, I'd seen Smeltzer before. And I'd seen Dobnik this spring. So I've uh, I've scouted both these guys. And I, I also saw that you tweeted after uh, Smeltzer's great outing, be careful with left yes, handers. Yes, well... And I'm sure Junk, you got crafty pushback. lefties yep. have a tendency when you see them twice in a week to, you know, and, and with these, it's a new phenomenon in baseball with the imbalanced schedule that you can, you know, play Chicago Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then play them the next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and you can, you can see a guy. And I just said, slop ball and lefties. I wouldn't call him a slop baller, but he's, you know, he throws 89. Uh, have a tendency to, Lack of exposure helps them, you know. 
So if Kansas City would see him again next week, I think maybe he wouldn't do as well. And of course, people got Andrew Albers. Remember him? Yes, yeah, remember and well. and now he this guy throws better than him. And I'm not saying it will happen. I mean, I saw Jeff Zahn pitch for four years with a curveball and a changeup, and for the Twins. So it's I'm just saying that crafty lefties sometimes Tommy Malone. He's mm-hmm. that's who he reminds me of. Tommy Malone with better control. But I think Tommy Malone had good control. It's just once he got hit a few times, he was trying to hit the outside three inches and get you to swing at it. We'll see how this kid handles that. Because he just got hammered his last game down in Rochester before he came up here. Oh, Went he? three innings, yeah. But, I, you know, hell, give him credit. He pitched great. He pitched, And he's pitched great up here. But, you know, I don't know. Is he? Well, let's see how you we, want him going in there against the Bronx. Bronx that's what I was going to say. Brian Dun, well, he, Dunsing. Yeah. When Dunsing was a starter. That's who he is. He's Dunsing. All the Dunsing. I want to see his next lot. start. Yeah. I want to see the next start. It's going to be tougher than the last start. Well, it'll be against Cleveland Friday. Yes. Right? So he'll have to be Cleveland Friday, right? Yes. Unless they call up my guy Randy Dobnik to make that start. I don't think they will. Do you? No, I don't think I so. I think your guy might have to wait a little bit. Well, we'll find out because I think he, his next start would be Wednesday. So if he if he pitches in Rochester, then Randy's not on the radar yet. But I want him up here because he got the horseshoe mustache. He's got the Vukovic mustache, man. The Pete well, the Vukovic, intimidation factor. The, 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 no, just the... I love guys with, you know, nobody guys. Vuk was intimidating, though. Oh, yeah, he was. That's what I'm saying. That, that mustache, great Didn't mustache. did win the say, huh? Yes. Boy. With what, do, what do we know about our Vikings? What has happened out there? We got a new uh, corner cornerback that I'd never heard of. Yeah, and they, they released a guy that I believe his claim to fame was getting torched by Laquan Treadwell for the entire camp before he was shown the door. Oh, really? Yes, I think we released that guy. So Jimmy didn't want him around. He doesn't want Laquan to look too well. Exactly. He's very... Uh, Plus, it's it's the test, right? Mm-hmm. If you can't pass the Laquan test, we're probably <laughs> not going to play you very much. Yeah, right. You probably that's, are of no use to that's my practice true. That's, squad. That's true. Uh, Laquan, it, go I, I, I said this last week. I have found it hilarious that that Zimmy threw a fit about his third receivers and uh, and how disappointing they. Wait a minute, you got a number one draft choice. That's your third receiver, right? Oh, no, nope, I guess not. He he's been in fine form. The fact he torched his defense late last week was probably my favorite thing of the entire camp so far. God, they've been uh, from uh, from what I've been reading. I was out there opening day and don't plan to return. But uh, come the, on, you get so close, Pat. Yeah, right. And then you get to walk around the building. Yep. Uh, which is okay unless it's raining. The walkthroughs are closed now. So. Oh really? Yes. Even to the media. huh? Yes, I believe they are now. They officially have passed the time where they have to have those open. Oh, okay. So now we're only pro- training camp practices open. I do like the fact that they they uh, built the nice press room so everybody could set up their TV cameras and do that. And Zim is such a pain in the ass that he won't come over there. It's uh, you know Walks take right a down. scooter around or something like that. Anyway, yeah, uh, it's uh, I. The, but the crowds have been good, right? That's what I keep reading that they've uh, yeah. I think they've been capacity fine. crowd and all that stuff. So. Anyway, it's become a kids' deal now, though. I mean, it's not like it's not like going to Mankato and drinking beer across the street and stumbling over and watching a little bit of practice, right? And, you know, then go back to the Johnny B's and, and Boomtown, uh, Boomtown, and uh, yeah, I miss Mankato. Though I like going down there once or twice a year just to just to see the goofballs. You know, it's uh, this this is 
This is a bunch of dads with their kids, yes. and dads and moms with well, their kids. Well, it's also corporate around. now. My favorite was my first camp, 2005, with Tice. And it was just a gong show. It was just fantastic. Oh, yeah. That, that's the one where, where Tice stopped and watched an offensive line drill, didn't like it, yanked a guy out and put a fan from the sidelines in the drill. <laughs> and st- I thought Steve Loney, the nicest man on the face of the earth. Who was going to have a heart attack. Who was, the, who was the offensive coordinator and offensive line coach because they were so cheap. I thought he was going to kill Tice. Mm-hmm. He was so ticked off. What year is this for Zimmy? 14, first year. Six, right? Yeah. Six he doesn't, yeah, he replaced less after. Do you know that Chili and Ticey went sixteen and one against the Lions? Sixteen and one against the Lions. Tice was eight and zero, and Chili was eight and one. Now they were, at, even by their standards, they were horrible. Yep. But Zim is under five hundred. I think he's five and six or five and seven. Lions so, swept. No five or. or Five and five, maybe. So three years ago, they swept. I think they swept. They the swept series. them. I think they're five and five. Yeah, I think he's five and five. What was, Bud? Can't... What was Bud? Oh, there's only one reason he's in the Hall of Fame. The Lions. He once went thirteen games in a row that they didn't beat him. They had one tie, and I think he was. I think he had one stretch where he was twenty-one and three against them, or something like that. So uh, yeah, you got to beat the Lions, man. You know, I went back and was uh, looking at some stuff from '65. Not 65 from when they were putting, when the NFL was originally putting the divisions together Mm -hmm. after they'd gotten 16 teams. And the Lions were fighting like hell to keep the Vikings out of their division. They didn't want to be in the same division as the Vikings even then, like 66 or 7, whatever it was. They didn't want to be, they they didn't, but they ended up getting stuck in with Green Bay and, uh, and uh, it was it was originally four, and then they got Tampa. Tampa, in there, yeah, so. Tampa got thrown in after. Yeah, the first year. but uh, yeah, the Lions. Even, even back then, the Lions didn't want anything to do with the Vikings. Now they're back to being terrible again. Bad coach, bad team. So. How bad was that division? So, so when Tampa was in that division in the Ooh, yeah. late seventies, and the Packers were awful by then. But it was great to have Tampa in the division because you have one warm, warm weather game and it was, you know, a lot of Viking shots. You'd get 10,000 Viking fans down there. 15,000 Viking fans would go to Tampa to watch that game because you could get seats, you know. It wasn't a problem. So uh, I, I liked having Tampa in the division and of course, especially the early years when McKay was the coach and hated his team. It was great. What do you think of the execution I'm, of your team? I'm all I, for I'm it. in favor of it. <laughs> I've told this story 20 times, but that little cubicle at Met Stadium, they used to, honest to God, they did the post-game coach interview in a hallway that held like 10 people. And and then you'd all sit there and there'd be somebody with a, you know, we had some micro, they didn't have TV cameras in, so, you know, I mean, they had them, but there was no room for them. They had to get him out in the hallway to do that. But he was in there one day, and there was a little tiny storage room, and they'd, they'd stunk it out. And there was a little tiny storage room behind him with a door, and he's sitting there. And all of a sudden, he's got the cigar going, and all of a sudden, this door opens, and one of the equipment guys comes sliding out, and he said, Who built this bleeping place? <laughs> and then... He goes a little longer, and that's the day he said, but you don't want to talk to me. You want to talk to the fellas. And he pushed the door open and says, come on in and meet the fellas. (laughs) 
was my favorite line ever. Come on in, because they just stunk, got their ass kicked. Come on in and meet the fellas. So it was great. But Tampa was fun in that. I think everybody, you know, baseball is thinking about expansion. Uh, once they get Oakland and Tampa taken care of, go to 32 teams. And I was talking to somebody, and the, the possibility of four teams, I hate four-team divisions, don't you? You know, they got yeah, yes. to have two eight-team divisions yes. and figure out a way. But this way they would, that this would be their excuse to get another wild card in there. Where would baseball expand to? Portland and Montreal. Portland will give them the money. But Portland isn't to, a great market, but there's there's. But they, Tampa's going to have to move, right? At the rate they're going, I don't see how. Well, you they still think fix they that. Can, they still think they can fix it. But anyway, but but they want to get their hands on a billion dollar yeah, piece of franchise. It's yeah. like my they're guy like Gary Batman. Yeah, Gary's got about five. Yeah, right, yeah, you right. can fold, but hey, Las Vegas and Seattle, you're in. When are we going to get a GM? Oh. You betting on Hextall? I guess. Is I he? Know. Did you? What's his? Uh, what's his? Uh, personality do you know he's a very intense guy but oh, he's what I mean. he well what's weird though is he's more of a patient guy and leopold from all accounts is still saying i think we're a playoff team now so i don't know how that would jibe with a guy trying to be patient and an owner who's not jonathan has joined us jonathan i've already had my rant so uh we we don't really need a seriously need or unchained here today so okay. how are we doing time-wise uh, we got probably about a minute and a half. Okay, here. all right. So we don't need a chain. We can be a positive pack. Yeah. Huh? Sixty-nine and forty-two. The United can't be beat. Even the referees are on our side now. It's great, and we might win the world championship of the United States of America. We got Portland. Yeah, who else is left? By the way, U.S. Open Cup, right? Yeah. Who right. else? Uh, who else is in the semis? There you go. Uh, we're playing Portland on. <laughs> I know that. Who else is Who else is in the semis? Tomorrow, Orlando and Atlanta. Orlando stinks, don't they? They're not the best team in the world. Uh, but, no. uh, so we might have a the two uh, the two expansion teams might have a rivalry game, huh? Yeah. Wow. And they decide where they're going to play it based on what the attendance might be, right? That's the way it sort looks of, like. Yeah, it. it was it was a draw, but Atlanta came out the win. Mm-hmm. Well. So Atlanta would be the home team because those idiots are still going to games down there, right? Yes, very much. So. Okay, all right. Well, anyway, hey, United <laughs> Twins, <of> idiots. <laughs> hey, if you think these hoot nannies over here at Alliance Field don't know what they're watching, can you imagine these rednecks in Atlanta who don't you even know, know they're what... going because they're paying like four dollars a beer? Yeah, that's they got right. The, <laughs> yeah, they the got good it. pricing at the stadium. Yeah, that's right. Nothing, not much. Give for me a, a five dollar Shirley, I'll get season tickets to the Loons. Yep. So I got to tell you guys this real quick. Yeah. I go to Hampton yesterday. Get my grandson to go with me for see the Dundas Dukes. I always check in on the Dukes, and I've only stayed five innings. I go to the hot. We get a hot dog. We come back. Somebody says, the guy at the counter, the hot dog counter, says, you really look old. I said, he didn't look too good either. He says, that's your cousin, Dick Matthews. (laughs) So my cousin was selling the hot dogs, and we didn't recognize each other. (laughs) We didn't recognize each other. But, uh, of course, we only see each other at funerals, and I think the last one was 2000. So anyway, (laughs) cousin Dick. I got to see cousin Dick and uh, too bad you don't recognize him selling uh, selling hot dogs.